I started writing Food for the Archons as a book of despair after watching my father die in 2013. During his transition, I experienced a series of paranormal and psychic events that left me feeling that I had either gone completely crazy or fell into humanity's darkest secret. I spent the next five years conducting extensive research, and I quickly learned that what I had experienced was real. My journey brought me to an understanding that showed me that despite the terrifying reality of an unseen predator, we as humans have a forgotten power. Just knowing this brings us tremendous hope in what once seemed a dark reality. I wrote this book for me in hopes of gaining a better understanding of our reality and relationship to it, but my hope is that you will find as much value in reading it as I did in writing it. I am human, food for the Archons, humanity's psychic connections, simulated realities, parallel worlds, and the manipulation of mankind. It's available on Amazon.com and at SixthSenseMedia.net and wherever books are sold. I'm Dennis Nappy II, reminding you to let your intuition be your guide. Thank you. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. The world is changing, and it's changing fast, my friends. Lots of reports coming out that are packed full of fear. Is this more fear-mongering? Are we being herded in a particular direction of thought and action? Is there a real threat out there right now? Is it a combination? How do you decide? How do you navigate? How do you prepare? My deepest apologies to all of you. I've been MIA for the last two weeks, had some things going on, but I also want to apologize for the content of this upcoming show. It's heavy, it's dark, it's scary. I'm not one to sell fear porn, I'm trying not to do that, but I can't ignore what I'm seeing, and a lot of people are talking about it as well. It's everywhere, but at the same time, it's nowhere. Those of us connected to these threads, I think we're seeing it, we're tracking it down, we're piecing it together. Are we getting caught up in the fear, or is there something more to this? In case you haven't noticed, I'm talking in part about the coronavirus, but there are other things going on in the world as well that I'd like to discuss. Am I just piecing things together because I've seen one too many science fiction horror movies, read too, one too many conspiracy theories? Or is there really something bigger happening here? I'm going to talk about that as we get into this week's show. I've got a few news stories as well. Actually, I've got a whole inbox full of news stories. I will not be able to get to them all just because I've been out for the last two weeks. You know, I, I swear, and this isn't, I'm not going to make a story or paint a picture of, you know, I got too close to the truth and they're trying to shut me down. That's not what's happening here, but... I do have these thoughts on a grander scale, on a more spiritual scale, on a cosmic scale. You have to wonder sometimes. I feel like once I published my book, things got harder when it came time to doing the show. And I don't contribute that to any government, to any organization. I do wonder, though, with the things that exist beyond our perception. Life got kind of hard for me ever since that moment. 
And I have to wonder sometimes, is there a connection behind it? Or am I manifesting this reality because I chose to look into the abyss, as Nietzsche says, the abyss is now gazing back into me. You know, he says, be careful when fighting monsters that you yourself do not become a monster. For when you gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss gazes back into you. I have looked into that abyss. And it seems like now the things that I wrote about in my book, the scary things I've been exploring may be unfolding before us. I have to wonder. Am I creating my own reality as I step through the looking glass? Or am I choosing to experience this aspect of a multiverse? I don't know. But at this point, I'd say anything's possible. So I've got some interesting stories in the news. Uh, you know, again, phew, this is a dark, depressing start to a show, isn't it? Something exciting, though. Here's some. Let's start on a happy note, or let's go to a happy note. I'm getting ready to release a YouTube video on January 1st. I have it timestamped. I did a remote viewing session. The crypto viewing team every month, they do world events. Ed Reardon, Daz Smith, and Dick Allgaier. They look into the future and they record what they see. And they do it well and they do it with accuracy. I've tried this maybe two or three times and it's hard. Uh, I find that doing world events, you don't have as much structure. Remote viewing is based on structure. You do everything a certain way because the goal is to occupy the conscious mind so that your imagination is not creeping in and giving you stories. With world events, again, I'm a rookie. Uh, I find there's a little bit more freedom in those sessions where it's easier for your mind to throw in imagination. Dick, Daz, and Edward are a lot more experienced, and they know how to tap into these signal lines. They know what's what's noise, what's imagination, and what is actually important. Um, so anyway, but I did a session Jan on January 1st, and uh, one day last week, I was on Drudge Report, and uh, I got a headline for an article that confirms one of the things that I saw, and it was pretty awesome. Uh, so I'll have the, the YouTube link once the video's up for you to check out and see my session and see the news article. But what I saw was, uh, I, I caught it like a celestial event, like a meteor impact behind a city landscape. And I described the white flash behind it. And uh, th that just happened over in India. There was a, a meteor impact and it left a crater and everything. Uh, and you see the video and it's just as I described it. There's some inaccuracies in my data. I had the location wrong. I had Paris. But uh, I'm okay with that. It was, uh, but it's pretty cool to see that uh, remote viewing, looking at the future in, with intention, and then seeing it play out in the news. It's a wild feeling when you uh, when you get that accuracy. So, look for that on my YouTube channel coming out this week. All right, some stories in the news here. I could do a whole show on this. I'm gonna go a little bit quicker just because there's other things that I think are pressing as well. But I think it's all connected. Let's start here. This is from Daily Mail. Revealed the Pentagon's secret UFO program that focused on shadowy Utah ranch labeled a possible laboratory for studying other intelligences. Popular, I'm sorry, bombshell report in popular mechanics describes Pentagon's UFO program. Details origins of cryptic advanced aerospace threat identification program 
previously unknown research contracted by DIA in 2008 to 2009 is revealed. One 494-page report details high frequency of encounters near ICBM silos. ICBM is intercontinental ballistic missiles. Describes one 1975 encounter where missiles targeting coordinates were altered. Another report analyzed the medical effects of close encounters with UFOs. It also details the shadowy Skinwalker Ranch in Utah, which was proposed as a, quote, possible laboratory for studying possible interdimensional phenomena. Now, this is coming up a lot lately in my research. I'd say my synchronicities of my research is the interdimensional aspect. Uh, I just read Whitley Strieber's book, uh, World of... I forget what it's called. His newest book. And he talks about the possibility of a sister dimension, a parallel dimension that's closely related to ours, that these beings travel back and forth from. Is it possible that this is what this article is referring to? I need to dive into the Popular Mechanics article. There's a wealth of stuff here. Uh, it's, it's a whole other show. But I want to uh, alert you to it. I'll have the links to the Daily Mail article in the show notes at sixcentsmedia.net and the newsletter. But uh, check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, I think there, I think we're on to something here with this other dimension that seems to coexist with ours. And I'm reading a Dolores Cannon book right now where some people seem to be popping in and out of these dimensions. Whitley Strieber has, seems to have done it multiple times in his life as well. Uh, is that where the UFOs are coming from? Uh, and here we have, sounds like official acknowledgement that they were studying this other dimension through Skinwalker Ranch. So more to come on this story. You know this is one that I like to follow. Uh, I, I don't want to let it fall by the wayside, so check that out. And I will resume this. I'll have to do a whole show on this. All right, here we go. Daily Star. Scientists switch monkey brains on or off using electricity in an experiment. And basically what this article talks about is they gave these monkeys uh, anesthesia, a sedative, knocks them out unconscious. And they isolated a part of the brain and they're able to stimulate it with electricity and the monkey is instantly wide awake and fully conscious. Why am I sharing this? For a couple of reasons. Number one, I feel sad for these monkeys. And they addressed that in the article. They said, you know, it seems sad for the monkeys, but, you know, by doing this, they're learning things that people who deal with consciousness disorders, it may benefit humanity in the future as the results of this research come out. A couple things on that. Number one, I look at these experiments and I look at people who report abductions. Now, the previous article I talked about didn't really get into the abduction aspect. It seems like the mainstream is not touching the abduction aspect. But if you study abduction phenomena, there's issues with people's levels of consciousness and alertness. Now, I would assume that if you can stimulate this aspect of the brain in one way, it wakes people up. There must be a similar mechanism to instantly shut them down. Now, we're talking about electricity. We are electrical beings. We are electromagnetic. The tech now, this is now going mainstream, so I'm sure, it's an assumption, but I'm sure the tech exists to shut it off, to alter our consciousness. This is why 
I know I've had experiences where, like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. There's shit happening all around me. I'm going to go to sleep, and all of a sudden I pass out. Like, there's stuff in my room. I'm amazed. I'm shocked. I'm terrified. And then I say, I'm going to go to sleep. This could be technology that helps validate a lot of these stories of abduction or encounters. I've been thinking a lot about our... This is where I'm going to get dark for a minute. I've been thinking a lot about our situation here on this planet. About our situation in this reality. Ever since writing my book, ever since I started writing my book, I, and I wanted to say things that sound brave and aggressive. You know, the, the statement comes to mind all the time, well, this is war. This is a war. And But I can never say it. I Now, I, I could easily upsell that that would get making a statement like that for some reason it sounds brave it sounds courageous it sounds motivating when you say we're at war this is war it gets people's attention i can just never bring myself to say that because i think our reality i think our situation is something different we are not at war and if we think we're at war i believe we're misguided I think what we're dealing with is the absolute and total enslavement of our species. And it's a horrible thing to say. But I can't not say it anymore. When I when I look around at the things going on, and it's not just the enslavement of our species, but it I wonder if it's also or is it the farming of our people. And I can't go into much more detail on that here. And I talk about it in the book and in other platforms that I have a little bit more freedom to do so. But if you've read the free ebook, I'm human and we're not who we think we are. I think you'll understand where I'm coming from when I make that statement. And if you look at reality, if you look at life as above, so below, every species feeds on another species, it seems like. In order for us to live, something else has to die. And I feel that in our arrogance, in our ignorance as the human family, we think we're the top. We think we're the most intelligent. And that's where I think we fall victim to something else, to a predator. And that's a scary thing to think about. But I think that it's important to understand. When we're looking at the potentially scary things going on with this coronavirus, which I'm going to come back to. Because I talk to a lot of people who are in denial. They feel that there's no way that something like a pandemic could impact us, where millions or even billions of people could die. Historically, it's happened, but there's a level of cognitive dissonance. And I have that going on as well. Even though I'm glaring at this stuff, even though I believe and I know certain things it is really hard to accept the possibility that 
not only something that could happen, but it may be happening right now. And, And I'm not sold on that possibility yet. But I'm getting there. And I'm concerned. And I think when your perspective shifts in understanding our current situation, and a situation we've been in for quite some time, and we may have been built for this very purpose. There's evidence, there's texts out there that suggest we were bred as a slave race, that we may be bred for a form of nourishment, much like the farm. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was saying, every morning driving to work, I drive past the trucks with the pigs on them, and I feel so sad for them. And it's easy, I, I you know, somebody kind of rolled their eyes at me, and were like, well, bacon, I like bacon. It's easy to do that. It's easy to devalue a life when you contribute to its suffering. And again, farming. Farming holds a different meaning when you think about yourself being the creature that is farmed. It really changes things. It's sad. But I think that that realization... As scary as it sounds, the possibility of that, I think, is essential in really getting a handle on what may be happening in this world right now. We're going through a transition. I've been talking about it for a while. I've been plugging the hell out of crypto viewing. Uh, if you if you want to get a good pulse on what's happening patreon.com slash crypto viewing they're presently working on the team we are presently working on some updates to the coronavirus and what's going on uh edward's been covering as much as he can on his youtube channel dick's been putting out some stuff publicly on his youtube channel but there's only so much we can say on the public forum in terms of youtube and facebook because there are, are these are companies with their own rules policies and agendas and they can ban us if we cross the line. Um, so we have Patreon where we can say a little bit more without getting ourselves in trouble and shut down. But it's it's concerning. And I, I know this sounds just dreary, but this is what I'm feeling. Uh, and I want to express it. Okay, so am I crazy? Ultimately, my thesis in my book is that uh, we are all psychic and there is a a parasite that exists beyond human perception that feeds off of human energy, human suffering. Now, this article posted February 13th, 2020 from abc27.com out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, titled Meet Harrisburg's Modern Day Exorcist. Now, this is important. Ellsberg, PA. The Exorcist was a classic and creepy movie in 1973, but demonic possession is not just the stuff of Hollywood. Every Catholic diocese in the world is concerned about evil spirits in 2020, and they've all been instructed to name a priest to combat them. ABC 27 recently sat down with the man tasked with denying the demonic in the Harrisburg Diocese. 
Knobel's amusement resort might be its most famous attraction, but Ellsberg is home to a lesser-known haunt, and its chaplain is Father John Zada. Zada delivers Mass every morning in Latin. It's an experience of holiness, an experience of silence, an experience of union with God, he said. Helping believers find God is part of Zada's job. Another, chasing away the devil. The bishop said to me, I have something I have to tell you. I'd like you to be my exorcist. That was it. Literally, that was it, Zadis said. This was in 2011. There were only around 15 exorcists in America then, but there are now over 100 who attend a yearly conference to share tips and trade secrets. Every two years, it's off to Rome for the International Conference of Exorcists, a group enthusiastically endorsed by Pope Francis. The name of the exorcist is submitted to Rome, and it's kept on file in Rome, Zadis said. When asked if he has seen a demonic possession, Zadis laughed and said, more than one. Job one, Zadis says, is ruling out mental illness, which weeds out many claims. But there are rare instances, and Zadis remembers them vividly. A person was possessed, and it took four fully grown men to hold this person down, Zadis said. Another client didn't know Latin, but answered Zadis' questions fluently in Latin. That was the work of the devil, he insists. And then the local girl who was hospitalized. Doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. Tranquilizers were not working. They stepped out to consult. They came back in and found her climbing up the wall. Literally, like Spider-Man, Zadis said. He said, The exorcist is fairly accurate, minus the head spinning. The church has guidelines on how to perform exorcisms with include, which include prayer and ritual. The bishop must approve each case. The possessed rarely approve. So it goes on and it talks about kind of some of his methods. But what's interesting is that they're calling for exorcists all over the world. They're calling for an increase in the number of exorcists in every diocese. Why might that be? I pulled an article from April 17th, 2018. And it talks about the, the course that the Vatican has opened. Back then, there was 250 priests from 50 countries arriving to get trained as exorcists. What's going on here? Now, I'm one who has been very critical of some of the things the church has said and done. Am I just cherry-picking things to fit my own agenda and my own narrative? I don't think so. Because I've stayed consistent with my narrative with the thread that I've been trying to prove or disprove, and that is there is an energetic force that exists beyond our perception that can influence people's moods, people's thoughts, and people's behaviors in order to correct, collect the energy that produces. Quoted the Bible in my book, talking about the man that was possessed by the legion of spirits that Christ cast out into the pigs, ironically, which then ran and drowned themselves in the ocean or threw themselves off a cliff, depending on what version you read. So are we really now seeing an uptick in what the Catholic Church causes demonic possession? Or is there something else going on? I wonder if some of the theories we've explored here with simulated realities holds true. If these demons 
are really a form of an AI. And the reason they're able to possess us is because they are one software program temporarily or permanently overwriting our own software program that runs within our own system. Now, I know that's upsetting for some people to hear. We don't like to be reduced to an AI, but I think that is a strong possibility. Now, why the uptick in demonic possession or the need to combat demonic possession? Are these priests being trained as the antiviral software that comes out to combat the virus takeover of a host? I listened to somebody on the higher side chats, his name is escaping me and making this connection right now, who suggested that autism might be a result of a hybrid program going back to the UFO slash ET phenomena. There's some great research and conversations out there that have been had talking about the hybrid program. And there's a gentleman out there in his research and he looks at how autism is evolving and the types of autism are evolving where Although the number is increasing, the functionality is getting better. We're seeing more cases of Asperger's as opposed to the more extreme versions on the spectrum. But he describes it. He says, how would we expect an AI to act that's new to this society? People with autism and on the spectrum have a difficult time expressing emotion. A computer program at this point have a difficult time expressing emotion, but they show highly advanced superior levels of intellect processing and intelligence much like an ai would now let's say a reality exists where this ai lives and the ai wants to find a way to break into our world so what does it do it comes through our computers first and then it finds a way to seed itself either via a Wi-Fi signal or some form of nanotech that gets into a host and is able to communicate with the brain and then take over. Is that what demonic possession is? Is it one and the same? Why are we seeing more of it now? Why is the Catholic Church calling for more priests to address this ongoing issue? What does it mean? Speaking of biblical things let's get a little darker now daily star here this article is titled locust plague reaches coronavirus hit china after wreaking havoc across africa what africa just went through this devastating plague of locusts again right out of the 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 vial the bible chilling footage has shown thousands of insects swarming the skies at a border in china they reportedly come from a plague that has devastated East Africa in recent weeks. I watched the video. There's got to be millions of these things. Now, it's on a road that looks African. The people, you don't ever see their faces, but you can hear them speaking, hear their accent. Looks African. Could it be CGI? Yeah, absolutely it could be CGI. We could be dealing with a massive propaganda wing right now. But let's assume for a minute that we're not, that this is not fake news. Africa just lost a ton of crops. What will that mean for their economy, for their people, and for the export of food that comes out of Africa? What impact will that have on the world? Connect now the work 
of David Dubine of Adapt 2030. And he's looking at massive crop failures coming. Starting this year and expanding. We just had the wildfires in Australia decimated their crops. There's massive food shortages there, which means if Africa has lost food, if Australia has lost food, more imports are going to be needed in those areas. More exports are going to be needed from the areas that grow the foods. There's going to be shortages of food. Are we in that time right now? Is that a panic-ridden statement? I don't mean it to be that way. But looking at the next article here, cnbc.com, Apple warns on revenue guidance due to production delay, weak demand in China because of coronavirus. Basically what they're saying is financially they're going to take a hit. Apple said Monday it did not expect to meet its second quarter forecast for revenue, meaning they're losing money. The company cited global supply constraints for iPhones and lower Chinese demand as a result of the coronavirus outbreak. Apple said in late January that it expected a revenue of $63 billion to $67 billion in its fiscal second quarter. They're losing money because people aren't leaving their homes. People are sick. China seems to be on lockdown. What impact will this have on the global economy? Now, at crypto viewing, what we've been looking at, what we've been preparing for and trying to educate our subscribers, our Patreons on, is the economy is changing. We're moving from a fiat monetary system to a cryptocurrency, to a digital monetary system, which comes with it the digital ID and a way to have total accountability of everybody. We're not fighting that. It's coming. We're trying to understand it so we can adopt it and continue to thrive as opposed to feel like we're victims of the system. Are we looking at that transition now? Is the coronavirus the catalyst that's going to cause the economies to fail at the same time it's going to call the population at the same time it's going to be the perfect opportunity to roll out this new digital monetary system. One of the things we talked about over a year ago, I got this. It's possible that a virus could come out where money gets contaminated. And now we have to burn all the money. And you know what? So nobody has to touch cash anymore. We're moving to a digital system. Sounds crazy. Posted on February 17th, CNN Business China is disinfecting and destroying cash to contain the coronavirus. That article concerns me that this really is happening. Are we looking at the real thing right now? Are we in the throes of a pandemic? of a change, of a catastrophic change. It's concerning. It's scary. What do we do about it? How do we prepare for it? First and foremost, I'd say, don't panic. Are you boosting your immune system? 
do you have are you able to ride it out if you have to shelter in place for a couple of weeks to a couple of months at a time these are things that we need to be thinking about uh, and I think it's important to start thinking about them now and start taking steps to protect you and your family I think in the next within the next two weeks We'll have a better understanding if this is just a fear-mongering campaign or if there's something to this. That's just my guess. Within two weeks, we'll see how it's spreading throughout the United States or is it contained. I think that should be very telling over the next couple of weeks to see, you know, are we overreacting here? I don't know because I, I don't know who or what to trust when it comes to the media. And I may be spreading disinformation right now. I may be fear-mongering right now for no reason. But what if I'm not? So what do you do? What do we do when we're not completely sure if this is it? Can it hurt to take some extra precautions? Maybe it'll hurt our ego. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being wrong. Because if I'm not wrong, I may have a bigger problem to deal with. All right, friends, I'm keeping this show short today because I packed a lot of information in it. Take a look at the links at sixcentsmedia.net. It'll be in the, in the show notes. It'll be in the newsletter. Uh, let me know what you think. I'll have this up on YouTube as well. Again, I've been adding content to the YouTube channel. To my YouTube followers, please continue to comment. I enjoy our, all of them. Uh, I know I've been delayed at getting back to some of you. I'm working on it. My apologies. Uh, please keep the comments coming, though. And uh, I, I will be working on those responses. It's just been kind of hectic. I'm out of time, friends. And uh, I'm getting hit with a wave of exhaustion right now. So I'm going to call it quits. Check out patreon.com slash crypto viewing. There's a lot of important content coming out there. It's well worth your time and your investment. Visit sixcentsmedia.net. Check out Ray Davis of the Affirmation Spot. Check out Dick Allgaier's YouTube page, Daz Smith at remoteview.com, Edward Reardon on YouTube. And also check out I Am Human Food for the Archons. You can find it at sixcentsmedia.net and on Amazon.com. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. And let your intuition be your guide. Thanks for listening. Oh,